It's become a shake the haters off Friday. And those that love to hate, and you're welcome to share your thoughts at VT. You can direct it at me, but you can include him as well. He might even agree with you. Or Ty Tracy 90 but Fastlane Edling, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They'll have a field day with this because... We're going to totally zig one way and then zag the next by the end of this first segment here in the fast lane. We're zigging one way, and you'll probably figure out where we're going on our votes of confidence, or at least where I am, in about 10, 12 minutes. But the zigging part is, is there not a cooler story right now in the NFL playoffs, and frankly for the entire playoffs, than the Detroit Lions? So I get it, the idea of the Houston Texans having never made it to or won a Super Bowl, but I mean they haven't been around that long like 20-ish years, which is a while, but it's not multi-generational. There's the Cleveland Browns that enter the playoffs, and yes, they've experienced a high level of futility, and that entire city has, outside of the LeBron James championship, the only one he delivered for Cleveland. But their quarterback's Deshaun Watson, for crying out loud. He's still the only QB with a fully guaranteed, fully guaranteed, I mean like zero outs, no way to cut bait and minimize how much you pay him. It is 100% ironclad guarantee in the entire NFL. The only quarterback with that. Bunch of quarterbacks have signed big extensions since then. That was never a trendsetter. And that guy was the guy that was supposed to be a trendsetter. Even Lamar Jackson, who waited like multiple years to get settled up with the Ravens, even he balked at that type of agreement. So, you got that, and of course, everything Deshaun Watson allegedly stands for, and I say allegedly because, you know, whatever happens in the courts happens in the court, but, you know, I lost count at 13. Apparently, it got to double that in terms of the number of women who had accused him. You know, one here is a challenge. Look, I'm skeptical of Alexander Zverev, who choked away the Wimbledon, or excuse me, the Australian Open semifinal up two sets against Daniil Medvedev this morning. Uh, You know, I'm skeptical of that guy, and he's only got two on him. Imagine having 13 times that, like Deshaun Watson. So the Browns are not in that camp of, oh, it would have been a feel-good story, the way it is for the Detroit Lions. City's been ravaged. I I I get it. I'm kind of somewhat of a critic of that theory because I'm pretty libertarian, so big government's not my thing. It's a heavy union town. Unions initially great, help with working conditions. Over the back half of time, I think they can do more harm than good because Every wage goes up, and then the business just says, well, we can be more efficient by you know, shutting down operations here and going somewhere where we don't have to deal with this. And I'm not saying that's right, but that is how businesses generally tend to think. So there's a part of that to Detroit. But the reality is there's still a lot of good people that got hurt in that process of so many jobs, whether it's you know, tire plants, car plants, steel mills, although I know that's more the Pittsburgh area, but a lot of plants in the Motor City getting shut down. And that's what makes it really cool. Harken back again to Dan Campbell when he took over this job and said this. I wanted this job bad because I felt like I knew this community. I played here. All right. Here's what I know. Just as an overall philosophy, you're going to say, well, what's this team going to be? What's it not going to be? Here's what I know. All right. I know that Detroit's made up of great people, some really good people. All right. This community is strong. Um. This place has been kicked, it's been battered, it's been bruised, and I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't, that, uh, none of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that, uh, so excuse my language. Dan Campbell. Look, I, I love the transparency. I love the honesty. I love how he said that with the media, and 
they're different coaches that have had things differently once they take over. And a lot of that goes by the wayside. Everyone knows as well, further in that speech, the whole biting kneecaps theory from Dan Campbell. But if you like the idea of an American story, if you will, it's hard. You've taken shots. You've gotten beat up. But you show a level of resiliency. This is a really cool story. And it's one that just take a moment to appreciate the Detroit Lions getting here because they don't have the star players like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes of the Ravens and Kansas City Chiefs. Game one, two o'clock airtime, CBS Sports Radio, Lynchburg app. Chiefs at Ravens kicking things off. They don't have the San Francisco 49ers history of five championships and big names like Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brock Purdy, the defensive players like Bosa and Hargrave and Armstead and all that group. They don't have any of that. But they've got this, a guy that inspired so much amongst his team. This is from when they were on Hard Knocks at the beginning of last year, where they finished the year great, but because of tiebreakers, and I have no problem with it, they missed out on the playoff berth to the Seattle Seahawks. But Dan Campbell trusting, imploring his players to trust him on it's a hard path to do things the right way and to get what you want, but sometimes that's the only way through. I had a couple of you look at me like, what the f***, why are we going live? I swear to God, I'm not a lunatic. I swear to you. And if I absolutely knew we could get to where we need to get without ever putting pads on, I'd do it. I swear to you. I don't want to put anybody in jeopardy. However, I do know this. The studies say you got to get volume and you got to get intensity before a season comes. You have to. If you don't, I'm not getting you prepared, not only physically for injury, but also for us as a team to get better. Dan Campbell. He's being transparent. Look, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to make the hard decision of putting you through pain as a team, but it's what we have to do to win games. Look, that, that's something that most of us should be able to relate to in any job. A lot of times, whether we're leading people, whether we're being asked to lead, whether we're in the spot where you're on both sides of it, it's going through the hardship and having someone that's vulnerable and transparent, but at the same time, takes that tough guy approach. I mean, you heard him sound you know, with what he said. You know, people don't care about excuses. We don't want to have to do this, but this is what we've got to do to win. Can't you relate to some of that? I mean, look, and yes, if you're asking what the local relevancy is, we'll look at the two franchises in our backyard. Does it feel like the Carolina Panthers have that kind of leadership? Maybe with Dave Canales. We don't have a body of work for him. He hasn't even been introduced as their head coach officially to the media. And then the Washington Commanders. And yes, they're under new ownership, but... You know, it's reasonable to be skeptical in understanding it'll take a while over the last 20 years. Although, ironically, the commanders may get a dose of this, as most people believe Ben Johnson, the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, is going to be the next head coach of the Washington Commanders. But Dan Campbell, look, he elaborated on that. Why trust me? Well, you got to be physical. You got to go through this. And he went further. Defensively, what is the essence of what we do, man? What are the two things? Pursuit and tackle. Pursuit and tackle. Man, if you don't work on tackling, if we don't work on run after catch, making a move, man, we, what are we doing, man? Then we finally get to week eight and we come to life because we got enough reps. But I'm, I'm telling you, honestly, I'm doing this because it actually does help you with injury. If we do it the right way. Dan Campbell, that's, that, that's continuing with that Hard Knocks speech from when they were on Hard Knocks a couple of years ago, uh, the HBO show. Look, I'm telling you to do it the right way. Sometimes, yeah, I think there's cachet and credibility as well because in a lot of cases, you get coaches that have never, quote, been through the fire, end quote. Dan Campbell's not a player anymore, but he was. He was on the winless Detroit Lions team back in 2008. Another reason why a lot of people gravitate to this franchise. 
Look, if you look at all the downtrodden organizations in schools, in college sports, and professional teams, and pro football, and what they've gone through and instilling a culture, look, it's harder than ever now where, you know, I'll call it what it is, employee empowerment. And I'm not opposed to a lot of that. I think it's better in a lot of cases because plenty of people use the power angle in charge for their own selfish gains and not for the greater good or doing the right thing. Self-preservation is, is a reality in the world. But Dan Campbell, I mean, it's it's relatable on so many levels to those of us that are just out there trying to do the best we can in situations where, yeah, it's challenging. But Dan Campbell finished it off with this. We're not going to do it every day, but I got a plan, I swear to you. All I think about is you guys. That's all I think about, man. That's all I think about is you guys and how I set you up for the best possible, the best possible advantage I can give you to have a season. I swear to you, man. I just need you to trust me. That's all. Please. Let's be better tomorrow. Dude, you got to love it. I mean, whether you're a fan of the Detroit Lions or not, trust me, I don't know very many of them, although if they win the Super Bowl in a little over two weeks, which is, by the way, going to be on the entire Virginia Talk Radio Network spoken word platforms, that's 100.9 plus the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app in Lynchburg and in other areas, virginiatalkradionetwork.com to see which uh, station is the best one for you if you're driving around listening to it or do what I do and just download the app and listen that way. But, you know, at that point, yeah, you might get a lot of you know, flags that pop up on the cards. You know what I'm talking about, by the way. Teams all of a sudden start winning and the flags pop up. Dallas Cowboys, by the way, are by far, by far the worst, even though we all know this truth about the Cowboys. It's looking a little bit like those Dallas Cowboys as peaking in the 90s. Yes, like the weatherman who said that about the Dallas Cowboys, referring to temperatures, but with a great analogy. The, the flags will pop up. But there's a level to this to the Detroit Lions that it's relatable. I don't. I mean, if you're an NFC North fan, I get how you could hate them. Packers, Vikings, Bears. They're your rival. It is what it is. For those of outside the area, this is kind of a cool story. And this is spoken as a guy that may or may not really think this is going to come to fruition anything more than this weekend. More on that in our votes of confidence in about five minutes. But it's just a cool story. And it's why if you're a fan of sports, this moment really does resonate when you heard the final call from Westwood 1 this past Saturday, where for the first time in over three decades, the Detroit Lions make it back to the NFC Championship game. With every second that ticks off the clock, a month, a year, a generation of frustration ticks off with it. One minute to the NFC Championship. Jared Goff has been there before. But never as the quarterback of the Detroit Lions. Dan Campbell in his third year has brought this franchise back to beyond respectability. Goff takes a knee. There will be no more snaps. And for the second time ever... It can be said, the Detroit Lions are playing for an NFC championship. That's awesome. Just something cool to appreciate and why, yeah, there's often a lot of adversity in sports, but why we love it so much as well, because you can get those type of stories where you can be beaten and downtrodden and continue to have adversity. But the dirty four-letter word that we use so often here, the H-word, 
starts with an H, ends in an E, hope. It's, it's a cool part of sports and just something that's worth appreciating. Much like it's worth appreciating the ability to make sure your family is fully covered in case something happens to your car while you're driving, to your house, or, heaven forbid, to both. Thanks to Gardner Insurance Solutions. Uh, trust me, I- I've done it before as well. I'll go with the old Dan Campbell line. Trust me, because I did it. I went and called Dan- Gardner Insurance. Actually, I dropped by their office on Old Forest Road in Lynchburg. And multiple times now, they have shopped my policy around. They do it every year to make sure I get the best rate for my family and for me, thanks to Gardner Insurance Solutions. It may not be the cheapest policy out there, but it's a comprehensive policy. That's the difference with Gardner Insurance Solutions. More on the Lions and their game in a moment. But right now, other topics including college basketball, what happened last night in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. The bigger of the two stories out of the Commonwealth of Virginia for women's basketball last night, I would say actually the Virginia Lady Cavaliers. Virginia Tech Hokies, they jumped out to a 15-point lead against Georgia Tech at the end of the first quarter. We kind of alluded to this yesterday in the fast lane, and uh, if you're asking... Do you believe that? Huh? The question is not that. It's we got receipts. We keep receipts. We keep receipts. So we said this yesterday in the fast lane. But Virginia Tech should win this game. They should win it handily. Georgia Tech could score, but uh, defense was going to be an issue. Oh, was it ever. Virginia Tech, they jump out to the early 15-point lead. They get that late surge in the third quarter to make it 17-10. And really, uh, this game was never in doubt. The bigger story were the Virginia Lady Cavaliers. Out of the break, they give up a 12-1 run to Pitt. And yes, they rallied in the fourth quarter, but the damage had been done. Pitt outscored Virginia Tech 24-6, and to her ever-loving credit, Coach Mox was extremely critical of the effort of her team. And and again, I don't know what happens behind closed doors, but sometimes that's imploring her girls to do more and understand what it takes and how hard it is to win at the conference level in the ACC, having gone down that road and having seen that road and not getting discouraged, or in the immortal words of our girl, Melissa McCarthy, to not be deterred in the effort of being the best version of yourself. Number four. Liberty softball. Yes, the Liberty softball team in Conference USA for the first year doesn't seem to matter. They are still the projected favored at the top of the conference. They also have the preseason pitcher of the year in Paige Bachman, the preseason player of the year. And Rachel Root, the outfielder. Right now, Liberty, they have a lot of really good pieces in place. Um, I like the idea of them being preseason number one. And I think the talent and the coaching with Dr. Dot Richardson justify that. My one backlash on that is, and we've seen this with a lot of Liberty sports, there is a step up in competition. I think by the end of the year, they'll be in a good spot. But it may take a moment to actually get there. So if you're a Flames fan, just be patient with that. Number three. This slipped through the cracks with us, but maybe a topic. May have already been a topic. So Trey can forgive me if I uh, have stepped on his toes on the Foul Ball Area podcast. But the Atlanta Braves extended GM Alex Anthopoulos through 2031. Um, duh, is probably a good way to describe it. I mean, look, he's the guy that's been the architect of this roster. He has masterfully, for the Braves, found a way to get assets that are good, but not yet at peak efficiency. They've gotten better. He's gotten certain players on the cheap or in, you know, bargain shopping. I'll, I'll call Chris Sale 
that because of the injuries. But when he's at his best, you know, the two-year $36 million deal he signed might look very cheap if things work out well. But he's identified players. He's figured out the right combination and the right buttons to push. So this is a guy that is more than deserving of it for the Atlanta Braves. And the big thing is he also gets guys and then will lock them up ahead of the curve. I liken this to what, and it didn't always win championships, but what the Philadelphia Eagles have done for a large period of time with Joe Banner and now with Harry Roseman of identifying guys and then locking up to contracts before they hit the market. And yes, sometimes you have to redo deals to give them a little bit more money to get closer to market value, but it keeps the team in a position of operating from a position of strength, which is a real asset for them. Number two. The Chicago Tribune dropped a story earlier this week about NASCAR spending more money and giving it away to Chicago, saying, according to the Chicago Tribune, that NASCAR paid $2.5 million, actually a little more than that, in fees and amusement taxes to the city in 2023, and the plan is to double that, thereabouts, to about $5 million in 2024. 2023 race did have a big economic impact, almost $110 million on Chicago, and NASCAR last year gave the Chicago community initiatives, different community initiatives, over $1.5 million, a number that will also seemingly rise. So let's put this out from NASCAR's perspective. Let's just say you got five plus million invested. We'll go with 5.5. You bump it up from 1.7 to 2.5 million. That's $8 million in impact for Chicago paying to Chicago or from NASCAR paying that much money to Chicago. But the exposure is fantastic. You're in the third largest market. And by most accounts, and I know they touched on this plenty on the FrenchStretch.com Happy Hour podcast. Trey Lyle, of course, is on that regularly. But on other podcasts, that this is an initiative that NASCAR and Steve Phelps champion that the sport rallied behind and brought a lot of buzz to the sport last year. NASCAR clearly invested in Chicago, and for all the issues that NASCAR had last year and has had at different times, this one was a resounding success, and it's easy to see why NASCAR wants to do it again and maintain that relationship, and if nothing else, even if it flops with Chicago in the future, that NASCAR can have more. And by the way, don't think about this either. There was a lot of talk about this event potentially leaving Chicago and the NASCAR seemingly greasing the palms. There's a long history, it seems like, in the Chicago area, that that's kind of how you have to do business is you may make money, but you might have to spend a little bit more than you would want. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. One of the most controversial rules in football may well be reviewed by the NFL this off season. According to CBSSports.com's Jonathan Jones, as he backed up or reiterated what he reported in December, the NFL Executive Vice President Troy Vincent has affirmed that the NFL is going to discuss amending that stupid touchback rule. Where, again, you're driving at the 10-yard line, you fumble it and it rolls out of bounds at the 1-yard line, you maintain possession and you're a yard away from the end zone. Or, if it falls forward, you get it back where it fumbled and went out of bounds. That's dumb. It but it's stay, even dumber. No, it should stay what it is. No, it definitely should not. We will completely but, disagree. Okay. You fumble, All I have to say is the end you, zone is more valuable than any piece of land on the football. So if you fumble out the end zone, like it has to mean something. Because... Get the ball back where you fumbled it out. You lose the down. No, That's what happens. No, you, you lose the ball because you don't fumble. Just don't reach the ball out. You lose the ball? That's a little harsh and ridiculous, Trey. There's not... like. It's the end zone. It's sacred ground. I mean, look, I I get that that's your interpretation. Here's mine, No, that is the the football. 
The end zone is the sacred ground. That's where the points are. Trey, I'm not disputing that it's sacred ground, but consistency in the rules is absurd. If I fumble it at the 10-yard line, it rolls out of bounds at the 5. I get it at the 10-yard line because that's where I fumbled it out of bounds. But if it goes 5 more yards into the end zone, all of a sudden you get the ball and you get 20 yards, get it back at the 20-yard line, that part makes absolutely no sense by the way if you agree or disagree with either trey or me trey law vt on twitter and fast lane ed lane facebook twitter instagram and there is your fast five at five so we're gonna pivot just a little bit here in the fast lane just a little bit as my kids like to say when we return wset's dave walls then after our chat with him but before we connect with drew densick of nbc sports bet the edge podcast we will give our projections on conference championship games, maybe a little Australian open thoughts, and yes, college basketball this weekend. All that's still to come. This is the Fast Lane.